position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which Everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales. But if you have a game, and it is good, then get time and it will thrive. And you will be my work. Gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the next game on, bitches! Now, we're up to our long-distance dedication. And this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand. And here's what he wrote. From coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions. And then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. Now, make it, and I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see this week. This is a god, last goddamn time. I want somebody to use his fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is, uh, that, that's up-tempo, and I gotta talk about a dying. Welcome to episode number 282 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this early Saturday morning, the 21st of March at 0755 hours. Uh, crack engineer, that would make, well, uh, yeah, 755 in the morning, AM, P, well, PDT, PDST, Pacific Coast 
BST, Daylight Savings Time, whatever the fuck. Crack Engineer, Ivor Molina, over there in the booth. He is cleaning our shotgun for us right now. Uh, because after we're done with this, that's why we're holding up the whiskey sign. That's right, Ivor. After this, we're going to do a little shooting, which is why we are only allowed to have one singular sensation, tiny little drink this morning. Um, Ivor, you're fired. Thank you. You fucked up the entire rundown this week. So, um, yeah, oh, well, cheers, everybody, to your health. Hope you're staying inside, and where I'm going shooting, there will not be other people. It'll be in the middle of fucking nowhere, so don't worry about that. Um, mm. Oh, and that would, of course, make it for our sequel, friends. Uh, 2020, uh, 03? January, February, yeah, my, 03, uh, 21, uh, 07, 56. Um, so, before we get to this week's show, we have a fucking humongous show for you. Hope everyone is hunkered down. If you're in America, hope you are hunkered down. Um, you know, hopefully you are avoiding other people. Hopefully you are not infected. Uh, I have to say, just because, you know, partially because this whole show at this point, because we don't ever take a weekend, we don't ever take a week off, uh, kind of is a record of, in a weird way, of coronavirus, COVID-19. I know no one wants to hear about this shit right now, but fuck you, you're gonna hear it. Um, on St. Patrick's Day of this week, Las Vegas, uh, our mayor, well, uh, the, gov- <laughs> the governor of Las Vegas, Governor of Nevada, uh, Steve Sisolak, around 4.30 in the afternoon, uh, declared that as of midnight that night, um, not a playing card will be turned, nor a wager placed on a machine in all of Nevada uh, for 30 days. We are three days into that, and uh, everyone I know has lost their jobs um, in, in, in Vegas. Uh, and uh, the strip has gone dark. Uh, I haven't even been out there, but I, w- I want to share one thing with you. The day after St. Patrick's Day, the first day of, like, you know, we're all on lockdown out here, like, you can go out or whatever, and by the way, if this the, this information is true for everyone everywhere in the country, you know, stay six feet apart from other people, it is totally safe to go outside you can go outside, just stay away from other fucking people. You can go out for a walk. You can, if you, if someone in your household is or might be infected, stay, try to stay six feet away from them and then practice all the CDC's, um, you know, guidelines for if you might be infected or whatever in terms of wiping down surfaces that are multi-use surfaces. It's best to just try to stay away from everyone if, if I, I'm, yeah, I hope that this doesn't count as like outing someone because they posted it in our Discord thing. So that's about as public as it gets, although no one ever fucking is there. But whatever. Um, Vigilant Viking just got sent home from work the other day for coughing too much. In my experience, I didn't have that much of a cough. I had like this weird little cat cough and I had digestive shit. 
Um, and it only lasted for me for four days, but I'm, you know, and there's no tests in the United States. There's no tests. There's no way to get tested in the United States. So, um, blah, blah, blah. Keep on top of your symptoms if you think you might be infected and act as if you are infected if you think you might be. In fact, act as if you might be infected and as if everyone else is infected. This is no joke. Um, until you know whether or not someone is infected. It's like every human being is somewhat similar to a loaded gun um, at this point because right now, without any effective way to uh, treat uh COVID-19 uh, uh, from, a sympt- from a symptomatic perspective uh, we have to fucking do our best to stay out of hospitals and do our best to limit infecting others standard rates of infection prior to this week uh, well no inc- uh, sorry I'm, fuck prior to this week the reinfectivity, which is like how many people get sick for each person who gets sick in the United States, hovering around three to five people, somewhere between two to five, two to five. I wrote it down here somewhere. Anyway, Ivor, you're fired. You're fired, Ivor. Um, that is a lot of people, and our hospitals in major population centers are now being completely overwhelmed, and we have no uh no basic protective equipment. I heard a horrifying story this morning uh, out of New York where a hospital is down to their last 200 swabs. Not scrubs, not PPE face masks, not not the 95 face mask. No, we're talking swabs. These are what you use to test people. You know, I mean, fuck. So, yeah, I'm... I, I have... Other thing, so yeah, this shit's serious. And by the way, uh, right now in America, I said on Monday, here's here's the week in COVID in the United States. On Monday, there were 400 reported cases. I can't remember how many deaths. I said by Thursday, we would hit 12,000. And everyone was like, oh, you're insane. Thursday, we hit 13,000 before close of business on Thursday. Our president is a fucking maniac who is both incompetent and disinterested. And in fact, being disinterested is fine. You can have like a mad king who's disinterested in something. He is very interested in this and he is insane. Um, He's only interested in it for his political gains, which is one of the reasons why we have no fucking testing. Go look at the real reporting on this from trusted news outlets that are, you know, real. Do not listen to Fox News. This is not a liberal media hoax. This is a serious fucking thing, and if we all pull together, we might be able to get through this. Other thing of essential stuff that anyone in America can do, national, the, the red, if you are healthy, the Red Cross is experiencing the worst blood shortage of the last decade, two decades, something like that. Um, if you are healthy, be not afraid. Find a blood drive near you. Go donate blood. Might not help you, but it might help someone in your family. 
they are running dry on blood. Other thing that in terms of like, you know, the greater Foss and Maker community, I'm looking at uh, making uh, masks for our hospital. If you have a sewing machine, you absolutely need to think about doing this. I don't have a sewing machine. I'm going to be using a different approach, quote unquote. Um, But yeah, I mean, there are people right now in New York City, um, most hospitals have tried to quietly mandate that all doctors and nurses keep the same mask for at least five visits, five different patients. This is madness. Also, what's also madness is our president saying that this is the Chinese flu and trying to deflect. I mean, he literally said this week, I am not responsible for anything. And then gave his his actual administration's response a 10 out of 10. We are in serious trouble. Furthermore, and finally, but seriously, go donate blood. If you are healthy, go donate blood. You can go to the national, you can go to the Red Cross's website. They have, they will hook you up with exactly where in, you know, your community, you can, where they have an active blood drive and they will take care of you. Um, and seriously, like, you know, that, that is important. If you are healthy, go give blood. I will be going to give blood uh, tomorrow. I was supposed to do it yesterday, but I haven't been sleeping like at all. Like I've been sleeping for the last seven days. I've been sleeping on average of two hours a night tops. Yesterday, I finally went to sleep at 11 o'clock in the morning. I was drunk and stoned and out of my mind. And I had been rendered in such a state for like, you know, 12, 15 hours. Uh, but I want to share one thing from Vegas uh, with you. So the day after we uh, shut down the city, which is something that, by the way, if you're not familiar with like history or like you know, Vegas or you know, blah, um, this has never ever happened ever in the history of Las Vegas. Ever. We dropped the A-bomb no one fucking business as usual because we are Vegas and we take all comers. If you have money and the will to bet, then bam, no, no more. Vegas is shut down. If you don't understand how serious that is, I mean, just by, forget looking at the stock market. Think about this. There is now 90% unemployment in Las Vegas. It is a city of 2.2 million people. And, and you know, normally when you say it, that includes outlying suburbs or whatever, that means like, you know, really distant remote communities. No, like literally between here, North Las Vegas, Spring Valley, and Henderson, all of which are now basically, it's like a big giant LA, you know, sprawl fest out here. Um, we are on lockdown. That's crazy. It never has happened. September 11th, we turned off the lights on the strip for one night. We didn't shut down 
the entire fucking town. Everyone I know has been fired. Um, you know, fired, furloughed, whatever. We need the Senate to act now, which they're ostensibly doing, and we need them to act robustly. And I hate that word because that's a Washington D.C. term of that's been in vogue. Now it's notion. Um. Anyway, bottom line is this, and we're we're gonna keep the show. This, we have a huge show for you, but I I mean I, you know I. I feel obligated to update, you know, blah, blah, blah about this stuff. Um, on the night after the, we went on lockdown, I played, uh, I played some Doom with, uh, Vigilant Viking or Casimir's. I can't remember. I, fuck. They both love Doom, and we're gonna talk about Doom, because I got news for you about Doom, which dropped this week, obviously, Doom Eternal, the sequel to Doom. But here's the thing. The day after I played some, you know, some Doom and I was just yelling and I was drunk and it was super fun and it took my mind off of everything. Um and then it was like 7:45 at night, I want to say. I might be conflating the night after and the night the night after, so two nights after. But it doesn't matter cuz every night has been the same since. I've been born and raised in Las Vegas. I grew up on a house at Tanea and Sahara when Tanea and Sahara where, where Sahara was not paved. Okay? For those of you who don't know Las Vegas, now Tanea and Sahara is basically the middle of town. You have Summerlin in the in the in the wet northwest, west and southwest, Masamenos. Um, then you have Henderson in the southeast, and then you have uh, East Las Vegas in the east, then you have the Strip in the middle there, then you have downtown Las Vegas to the northeast of the Strip, but there, it, those, those two areas are very much the same area because um, the Strip runs way past, you know, uh, way past Charleston. If you wanted to look up a map, I'm not here to do a fireside chat for you, but I just gotta tell you, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in this town and uh, I know what this town sounds like at night from a child's perspective because I've always been an insomniac and even at the furthest reaches of 3 to 4 o'clock in the morning on any given night you could still hear the the trucks from the open pit gravel mine about five miles away from my house and on the nights that you couldn't hear that you could still hear teeny boppers drag racing illegally because out here when when I grew up where I grew up which is now basically the center of town um was absolutely I remember when they built a fucking first ATM on the corner of Sahara and Rainbow which was you know quarter of a mile from where I, the house in which I grew up. It wasn't a bank. It wasn't part of the 7-Eleven. We didn't have a 7-Eleven yet. Um, it was just a freestanding ATM and we thought it was amazing. So when it wasn't the uh, open pit mine uh, gravel drivers that you could hear even at you know 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning because they run 24-7 and they generally ran at night um, just because of traffic and Sahara which is now a fucking seven 
10 lane fucking road was a dirt road so you used to be able to hear the drag racers sometimes you could hear the cops chasing them um, this is 1983-84-85 in my entire life that night after the St. Patrick's Day lockdown which is what we need we have to do it we have to do it because we don't have any tests we have no way to know who's sick we are running out of hospital equipment we have a president who's calling this the Chinese virus which is not Chinese flu which is not even just you know dog whistle it's nakedly racist and meanwhile China who is like starting to recover although you know you can't really rely on state you know numbers but then again it is worse to rely on Fox News right now do not stop watching Fox fucking news they are not telling you the truth and they are getting people killed as is the president which but that's I'm not here to fucking talk about the political implications of this it's not the political implications of this from a congressional and senate aspect are absolutely essential those are things we should be talking about right now because seriously these people are playing games with everyone's fucking life as if it doesn't fucking matter so anyway but here's here's my here's my anecdotal story my little letter from America um I've heard this town after September 11th I've heard this town from my infancy 40 years in this valley nothing prepared me for like 8 o'clock at night and not hearing a sound at all absolute silence I started counting airplanes one every 15 to 20 minutes and then I realized that I was starting to subconsciously count airplanes and that has to stop because that way madness lies you know blah but uh, one last little coronavirus fact for everyone um, it's exp- it's geometrically slash exponential you know however you want to it's exponentially spreading now we are in America we are hitting the knee curve right now on Thursday, like I, I told you, I predicted there would be 12,000 on Thursday. There were 13,000. And by the end of... So we started off on Monday with 400 people who were infected. Right now, we're at about 20,000. We're at just under 19,000. So I'm going to round that up to 20,000. In three days, that will double. Three more days, that number will double. That's 80,000 by the end of next week. And then three days after that, it'll be 160,000. So we have 10 days right now to, I mean, this is a last ditch effort. We have nothing. And if you have a heart attack or your appendix burst, you're fucked. No fucking uh, seriously, and if you have people in your family who are in the the super high risk area, 
you know, 70 or above, I would say over 60. But also, if you think you're invincible because you're in your, you know, early 20s or 40s, you are still like more of the deaths um so far in America have been in the, into that age group than the other age group probably because of people enough people really trying to like the same thing with me like when I got when I became symptomatic my quarantine is done theoretically like if I had it and I'm pretty sure I I know I had something that I've never had before um, but there's no testing, so there's no way for me to say that I actually had it, or might still have it, might still be shedding the virus. This is day 14 of total fucking isolation for me, um, except to get cigarettes and whiskey. I, I went out, uh, twice um, to get those two things, and the second time I went, I went and I bought, like, all the whiskey I could find because I don't want to get other people sick. But, luckily, I had fucking listened to science when I got sick on late Sunday night two weeks ago that might have saved my mom's life my mom's 72 I see her every Monday I haven't seen her in two weeks now but mm, this is not a game there are no more beds in hospitals there's no more fucking face masks for hospitals if you've hoarded face masks call your local hospital and tell them that you have hoarded face masks they will take them, they will sterilize them using UV light and they will use them we're all on lockdown now, more or less They're ta- National Guard's been deployed to 23 states I think something like that, it's like over half the map um, none out here yet I'm hoping that we get some out here because at 90% unemployment it is not long unless the Senate acts before we start to see not just the breakdown of the economy but possibly the break the beginnings of the breakdown of civil order and you know anyway so that was about 15 minutes longer than I had hoped to spend go donate blood there you go don't listen to the fucking president who had a meltdown on Friday that was unlike anything I've ever seen. The one on Thursday was even worse, though, because he, like, but anyway. And I, I don't care about the president. I don't give a fuck about the president. Stop listening to the president. The president needs to shut the fuck up. I know that it improves his re-election chances by convincing his own fucking shrinking demographic that they are not in danger. Meanwhile, all of those people are the most in danger. Literally, I'm not kidding. Like, all the people, all the major red states have cut their fucking Medicare, have cut their health care, have cut everything that they can to the fucking bone to the point where now we need to bail everyone out. What the Senate needs to do now is fucking pass this third wave of legislation for bailouts needs to go directly to the fucking American people. And it cannot be right now they're talking about $600 for people who are fucking crushingly poor. No. That will make this so much worse if people have to keep going to work in unsafe 
conditions, the virus will spread. And we are already overwhelmed. And we have no testing. So yeah, that's a big fuck you to Rand Paul and Mitch McConnell and of course to Donald Trump, but anyone who wants to say that, you know, this is we are in dire trouble here in Vegas. People are starting to panic. There you go. I'm I'm great, by the way. Mm. I've been asymptomatic since uh, Thursday, the week before last. But that doesn't mean that I'm not shedding the virus. My mom's 72 years old. So I've tried to stay away from everybody. I've ordered in all my food. I have, you know, enough food to last if I have to, if they shut down everything. I have enough food to last because I live alone. You know, I, I, so I, a month ago, I bought, I didn't, I'm not hoarding anything. I have, uh, uh, like six things of spaghetti and fucking four things of sauce and, uh, some Tupperware. That's it. You know, I mean, worst, oh, and I have 48 Snickers bars. I bought a giant box of Snickers bars because those are like 250 calories a piece. So, like, if I had to eat nothing but Snickers bars, I could totally be at 2,000 calories per day for like five fucking days. Anyway. Take this shit seriously, folks. Sorry. Now we've spent over 30 minutes on this. Well, and I, we have to, we have to be a short show this week because, well, it's too late. Ivor explained to them Ivor's just banging his head. Oh, he's just banging his head against the glass over there. And the, oh, it's so sad. Yeah, I know, Ivor. I hear you. But he's undead, so he can't get the the COVID. Mm. Mm. Last funniest thing about Trump's pivot, mm. which has resulted in Fox News, state TV, pivoting directly to reflect his lie directly to the American people, which is like the worst idea ever. Trump's last pivot, 30 more seconds of this, I promise. And then we have a huge show and it's filled with so much goodness. Trump's pivot on Thursday to this is a, I'm a wartime fucking general against the COVID fucking the Chinese flu which now is just being broadcast constantly on Fox News. This is Chinese flu and not only is that nakedly racist, the Chinese fucking manufacturing sector because they locked everything down because they're, you know, a fucking dictatorial authoritarian state, the type of which that Trump normally masturbates thinking about and, you know, which has endangered us to the point where we have no more respirators, we have no more face masks, we have no more swabs in hospitals in New York, I mean, swabs, are you fucking kidding me? Um, The whole pivot to deranged wartime general fighting against the Chinese flu might not be the best thing considering that China as of Friday I had heard had offered to help because their manufacturing sector is coming back online and it's not slowly it's a pretty speedy recovery out there because they locked everything down hopefully it doesn't flare back up which is the danger but bottom line is they make all of this shit and they offered to help. So maybe, you know, fuck. I mean, 
Maybe the president shut the fuck up. That's just all we need. It's all we need. It's all we need. Because he's, it's disinformation. It's bad information. Now there's a run on the, you know, the hypothetically, vaguely, potentially um, mitigating drug, uh, whatever, the hydrochlorobluor, whatever the fuck. You can't buy that anymore. Anywhere. You can't, I mean, everyone rushed out after the president said that, oh, it's FDA approved to make you immune. It's not FDA approved. It does not make you immune. Um, it might have some mitigating effects against the virus, but it is not an approved prophylactic for fuck's sake, uh, against the virus. And, uh, it hasn't gone through any testing. There's no fucking numbers for this. But, you know, that's the fucking, anyway. And anyone can accuse me of playing politics for whatever, but guess what? This is a political problem at this point. This is an economic, this is a health crisis that has spiraled so far out of control because of our fucking leadership, our lack thereof, its inability to actually process and deal with real fucking factual information. Because this started in January. Think about that. So we went from 400 on Monday of this week to almost 20,000. As of right now, every three days that doubles. And we are beyond our capacity to deal with it in our hospitals as is. So, let's get on with this week's show. 30 minutes. So yeah, we'll probably be here for 10 hours. I... I actually have something better to do this morning. Not better to do, but I mean, I have something that I need to go out of the house to do. I have to go shoot the shotgun um, and try to zero in my laser sight. Um, But there's nothing like that silence outside of Vegas right now, outside of my house. I on Friday night, I got so freaked out. Uh, uh, Thursday night, I got so freaked out, I had to go outside of my house. This was like at 9, 9.30. I live by like a massive fucking you know, five uh, five lane major artery of traffic. I went out there, and I counted in like five minutes, I counted three cars no, I in five minutes, in three minutes <laughs> my words let me see because I was drunk and stoned, but I was counting, I counted five cars in three minutes that's insane and 90% unemployment scary times out here, so now to our top story I should have just posted, I might go back and post a disclaimer at the, at the start of the show saying you can skip to minute 34 if you just want to skip all the COVID stuff, but that's where we are out here. My ammo came for my shotgun um, and I'm ready to go shooting and mm, I got 50 rounds. Mm. Yeah. 12 of which I plan on shooting. It's going to take me an hour to get to where I'm going to go shooting, and I'm going to be there for, like, maybe 10 minutes. That's <laughs> crazy. And then an hour back. But, there we go. So, our top stories. 
first of all, many, many, many tanked yous go out to friend of the show, Bloody XDE, for cluing us in to the fact that right now there is a Steam Game Fest, a Spring Steam Game Festival going on. We have in our show blurb for this week, <coughs> the show rundown, we have a link to that webpage that shows you all of the games that are featured. It is a huge webpage. Most of these, a lot of these games, this was on Thursday, and I meant to get this week's episode out yesterday, but I, like I said, I haven't been sleeping. Um, a lot of the games on that page are actually free to play but will not be available to play at all in another day, I think. Uh, store.steampowered Thank you, Ivor. I'm glad I fired you. You fucker. Store.steampowered Sale. And it's not really a sale. It's the Steam Game Festival Spring with hyphens in it. Um, but there are a lot of games on there that are, yeah, okay, it, you can play for free, but they're still in, like, pre-early access. It ends in two days, though. You, you won't be able to play them at all after that period until they actually enter early access. And the, I, I saw Bloody XDE live streaming one of the games, we have a whole watch list of picks, and we'll get to them in the new and noteworthy uh, I haven't had time to play hardly any of them um, some of them you can play for free, some of them uh, you can't play at all all of them it's like the watch list, I should just fucking segment this whole thing out to next week, but I can't because there's only two more days left where you can play some of these games hope I've made that clear, so that's important um, and we'll in the new and noteworthy I'm just going to march you through the top 12 I'm, we're going to write through them like butter because we have more top stories so many thanks go out to bloody XD many props also in our top stories the number one top story that you want to know does Doom Eternal work via Proton in Steam No, it does not. I refunded my purchase of Doom Eternal in Steam, and I was very disappointed to see that. That was that was early yesterday morning. I then opened up a web browser, Google Chromium, and uh, using the URL bar, which is technology that some people evidently still have yet to fucking master. Um, I'm only being partially facetious. I mean, I had to explain to my mom what a URL bar was, like via text message. It was difficult. Not because of this, but for something else that she needed. Um, And go to stadia.com sign up for a Stadia account, which I think is free. Just to have no Stadia Pro is free. I think I think I think then you go to store and by the way you run all this shit in your web browser you don't need a Stadia controller although the Stadia controller is rather nice I've been playing Doom Eternal with a 
Amazon Basics generic Xbox One controller, a wired one. Mm. Wireless controllers do not work with Stadia when you do this in your browser. But anyway, you set up your credentials and stuff, and I think that's free. Then you pay 60 bucks to buy Doom Eternal from them, and you can play it in a web browser on any fucking computer you own. Because it's all, all the processing and everything is being fucking streamed to you from Stadia. So, and Stadia runs on Linux, which is why I'm allowed to include it in this show for exactly moments like this. Because Doom Eternal came out on the 19th at 9pm Pacific Coast time and it didn't work on Proton. I got my refund back within like 12 hours for the 60 bucks when you first click on this in the Stadia store when you first click on Doom Eternal it'll take you to like their mega bundle which I I'm sorry I'm not buying not buying it not buying a mega bundle for 90 bucks but if you actually get out of that mega bundle and just go to like Doom Eternal like the basic game with like one other thing uh I paid I think 60 bucks 60 bucks for which is the exact same price that I paid for the pre-order on Proton. Now, our feature later on in this episode will be all about Doom Eternal because I have logged about four hours in Doom Eternal and I have some opinions. Okay, so there we go. Up next, many, many great justice props go out to Mr. Jeffrey Nielsen, developer and solo developer of Nova Drift. I have not gone, found this out yesterday morning. It's one of the reasons why I was up until 11 a.m. I was talking to Mr. Nielsen about two hours in Discord about how grateful I am that he, in, in this time of fucking plague, pushed out one of the biggest updates for Nova Drift that we've seen in at least several months. Uh, I can't remember what he's calling it, but it is a huge update. It's humongous. It's not Enemies 2.0 fully. It's, I think he's calling it Genesis? I can't remember. Doesn't matter. He also said it is fabulous. And when this is one of the most modest developers I've ever met. So when he says it's really good, because I gave him all this like pep talk, and I, first I thanked him profusely because I mean we're in in we're all going to be in lockdown, and so he, whether you know intentionally or unintentionally, he pushed out an update that will make a lot of people happy for one of my favorite games, Nova Drift, which is still in early access. I'm hoping that he will rebalance the overall game. I haven't gotten to play the new update though. I'm hoping that he'll rebalance the game and kick it out of early access and then immediately open up another early access of Nova Drift 2. Because I think that it's reaching that level of maturity and I think that that would be the wise thing for him to do. Uh, So yeah, major props. you know, blah. And for those of you who don't know, Nova Drift is a, it's not a twin stick, it is a top-down asteroids-like space shooter with programmatically generated enemies in an asteroids-like environment that hits you with double barrels of being able to fully... It's, it's 
almost a roguelike but there is no geography there's only just empty space mm. makes it one of my favorite games that I've played in the last two years um, that isn't in 3D it's fantastic and also in interest of full disclosure I am doing the decals for Nova Drift for their enemies people who hang out on the discord probably already know that but you know blah so that's something to think about also Borderlands 3 this is like the huge thank you episode I don't know when I was doing the rundown for this with Ivor earlier on in the week before Bloody XDE hit us with fucking 12 fucking games it was Jesus Christ so many more games on that Steam game festival page than I you know blah and I think that that's gone under the radar for a lot of people and especially like we're, we're always attracted to the word free free um pseudolus there we go if you get that reference hit me up at Vegas Writer on Twitter and I will buy you a game of your choice yes anyone hits me up on Twitter hit me up on the DM on Twitter at Vegas Writer who understood that reference hit me up there and I will buy you a game of your choice probably maximum expense of I don't know, we'll say 50 bucks. Something like that. Because like, I don't want to fucking buy you Gradius Ultimate or whatever. And then have to get you all the fucking extra pack of things like $170 when it's all for like 50%. Anyway, so moving on. Oh, right now, oh, just breaking right now, the latest from health officials in hard-hit areas of the United States, which is most areas that have metropolitan populations, do not go get tested. And don't worry, we, we've got that message loud and clear, because there's no testing. So, up next, many, many thanks go out to WWNSX, uh, our old Steam friend from uh, the Jupiter Broadcasting days, who helped us hardcore so Borderlands 3 came out and it run it ran great but there is a game breaking bug that was addressed for uh, some Windows users but I spent 7 hours just starting new games and trying to get past this bug and then trying to fix every possible thing I could think of and it was only WWNSX I'm talking about specifically the uh, watch monitor bug at the end of the tutorial right before the game actually begins. It takes an hour basically to get there and the prevailing wisdom has been to jump into someone else's game and complete the mission that they are on after which point it will fix you. It does not fix you. What you need is MF install. And I think I'm running it with uh, Glorious Egg Rolls Proton 5.2. But on top of MF install, you need from a similar Git page from the same developer, MF hyphen install cab. I think that's what it's called. Um, I've been very, very drunk. MF install. Uh, let me make sure. And you, you you basically install that. Yeah, MF install cab. 
that will fix your Borderlands 3 problems and make it run totally great via Proton, multiplayer, single player, any player, anywhere, blah, blah, blah. Game is really good. Game is really good. In fact, it's my favorite of all the Borderlands games. And I liked Borderlands 1 quite a bit. I thought Borderlands 2 had the most potential um, of those first two. Didn't play the pre-sequel or any of that other shit because Borderlands 2 had problems balancing the multiplayer so that if you came to it later on than your friends, then you were fucked. You're basically just along for the ride at best. If not at best, then you are a lodestone around the neck of anyone else because you have to be like level 30 or whatever to get through some of the later levels. In 2, in Borderlands 3, they've done a lot of work to rebalance it so that each individual player, even though playing in the same, you know, you join up with them for a mission, um, it's same thing as like, you know, it scales back your loot, everyone's loot container is different based on their level and the it averages out the damage that you should be able to do to individual enemies so you're capable of basically defending yourself even against enemies that are would be way more difficult um you know blah that skews the entire play experience in a different way but it's good wow we're up to 50 fucking minutes now gotta hurry also so yeah Borderlands 3 totally works via Proton. Uh, I want to say you use uh, Glory Sagrol's Fork of Proton uh, 5.2 or better. I don't know if there's a better one now. You need to do MF install which you just get clone you know, blah. You should know how to do that by now. If you don't, go back and listen to some other episode, you know, the last like two months of this show and, uh, or hit us up in the Discord and we will totally walk you through it. It's very easy. Uh, to walk through, but you also need MF install cab, which is a separate, uh, separate Git, separate project, though interrelated. They're both done by Zozozo or whatever the fuck. So there you go. Many thanks to WWNSX, who took like literally 30 minutes out of his life to, because like I thought that, like, anyway, he let me play with him until we beat the mission. And then he fucking took another fucking five minutes to send me. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's still broken. I'm doomed. And then he sent me two other... took the time to find the two links that he found that helped him get his working. And one of them, the important one, was MF install cab. If you run it via Lutris, though, um, you should be fine. Um, Lutris should do most of this for you. There are specific instructional videos for Lutris regarding Borderlands 3 that you, you know, those are the ones you should want, but if you just want to run it straight through normal Steam you know, via via Proton, then you can do it and it's great, and I much prefer that to Lutris, because I don't have a ton of other fucking games I need to launch also, many things go out this week, too Blaster PR, BPR, who hit us with the best news, he has been just struggling all fucking week with this pain, because this B 
PPR loves one thing in the entire universe, and that one thing is Monster Hunter World. In fact, PPR said to me, both in chat, and I think even via voice, Monster Hunter World is life. Well, Monster Hunter World has been broken for 30% of Windows users, along with all Linux users, for the entire week, pretty much. And he finally, the floodgates broke. As of yesterday, it works now. So, Monster Hunter World with the new updates, it all works. Just like before, with all the DLCs, or whatever the fuck, several of which are free. The most recent ones, I think, are free. So, if you've been lusting after Monster Hunter World, be sure to look up Blaster PR on your Steam friends list, and find him and friend him, or just talk to him in our Discord thread, which you can find the link to how to join inside of the show rundown. Um, and finally, in our new and noteworthy, I know, we're it'll be an hour and a half long show. I mean, what the fuck? What else do you have to do today? Um, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. We'll, we'll just break the format, which is always the worst thing. But anyway, we'll try to get out of here in the next 20 minutes. Uh, we'll try to do half and half. We'll try to do the watch list of all the stuff, which you can find in the show blurb for the St- for the Steam Game Festival 2020 Mega Demo fucking page. You can find that in the show blurb. Those are all individually listed, and uh, yeah, you only have two days to play some of those. Some of them are available to buy now in early access. Some of them you can't even play, but can just lust at for there. But anyway. Want to give a quick shout out to uh, Nixel, Nixel Dev, Dean, Nixel Dean, whatever the fuck he's going by these days. My uh, my buddy out in the UK, uh, he is now running a thing on Twitch that I don't know what to describe it as. It's like just like two humongous titted British chicks like yelling at everybody called Big Noobs and I don't know if it's so much as like an actual live streaming thing as it is just like a hilarious surreal experiment Big Noobs find them on Twitch I jumped in for 10 minutes it was just fucking madness it's Bedlam in there Uh, he says that they are his sisters I highly disbelieve that Um, he's, he's running it like the board op it's. I sent him a message after I after I finally got to jump into a live stream. I was like, "Man, you guys are redefining herding cats. It's like the cat herd. It's like the cat hide." So yeah, uh, Nixel Nixel Dev is doing that, and that's that's pretty cool. And you should check it out. It's really. I don't know if it's even funny. They made fun of me because of my shotgun. It was very mean. They were very, very mean to me. But they, they're they very British, so they're not used to seeing. So I don't even like the fact that I... Uh, we'll see how much I like my shotgun after today. So, I were based them with the feature. We don't have all day. Who do you think? Oh, my God. It's the Libyans. The Libyans! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. 
I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scookie. So, okay, we have made a last-minute change. Thank you, Ivor, for failing us all so magnificently once again. Mm, you're like Trump. We made a quick change. Our feature picks for what is available on the uh, Steam Spring Steam Game Festival Spring 2020 which includes mega demos. Like, it's a huge fucking page. It's like 30 fucking games. Our picks are all in the show notes for this, but I'm going to read them to you right now. Indiscriminate. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Doom and we're going to get out of here in under an hour and 15 minutes, okay? I'm not going to drop in Ponderous again. Don't you dare do it, Ivor. So, our watch list of games on the Steam Festival Spring 2020 Mega Demo page, which you can find the link to, you need to check it out because there's two days left. Some of these games you won't be able to play again for months, even if you survive the coronavirus. So, first off, Haven. These are in no particular order. Haven looked really good. I, that's the game that I saw uh, Bloody XDE playing. Hyper Parasite, which you can buy, and I have played. It's pretty fun. It's a top-down uh, roguelike arena shooter, somewhat similar to Smash TV, but where you take over the brains and bodies of other people as you battle through these programmatically generated areas. Carrion! which I really want to play right fucking now. Heavenly Bodies, which is a... It looks like a gravity playing... It looks like a game that plays with zero-G um, in a top-down, very realistic-looking uh, space simulation where you, like, going EVA in that game looks like the nightmare that it probably is. Not nightmare. Looks like the profound amount of training consideration and planning that is otherwise required by actual astronauts um, Rising Hell which is a game that you can buy and I did buy and I did play and is super fun um, but it's like an HTML game that it, not HTML, Jesus I'm losing my fucking mind already I slept for like 10 hours last night. God damn it, finally. Um, it, it looks like a Java game. Every time you press F12 in that game to like capture a screenshot, it actually just shows you the fucking, you know, it, it, at least, uh, well, yeah, on my system, it actually shows you the fucking code. Um, same way that like you introspect uh, code when, for like if, if you're, never mind. If you're rolling out something for Java for a client, which we have none now, um, I'm not even joking, you spend a lot of time using that uh, in a browser. It shows you, like, the actual uh, SH... Shows you the Java script and the linkages between the code and shows you the code block that you're currently active in, which is really weird. It should not do that, but it does. And they're evidently working on, like, a DLC for that. Game looks awesome. Game is fun to play. Game is a little weird in terms of the way it handles your controller. Then there's Neverinth. N-E-V-E-R-I-N-T-H. Then there's Vigil. 
The Longest Night, which looks like a uh, um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night killer mixed in with Lovecraftian, eldritch fucking bullshit all on a side-scrolling platformer that looks pretty fucking nuts. Then there's Eldest Souls. E-L-D-E-S-T-S-O-U-L-S. I might be getting the description of Vigil Vigil the Longest Night and Eldest Souls confused. Then there's Cloudpunk. And then finally, She Dreams Elsewhere, which looks like a it looks like what happens to me when I go drunk, insane, and stoned while I'm trying to design a decal. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll do three colors. You know? Which is hard, because that's like... Well, it's, it's more... It, not hard. It's just more... It's more involved. Anyway. And then... They just went insane with it. Um, that game looks really good. All of those games you should see on store.steampower.com slash sale slash Steam Game Festival hyphen spring. That's dash spring. There you go. Now let's talk about Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal does not, like as I mentioned at the top of the show, Doom Eternal does not run on Linux via Proton inside of Steam as of now. That is the last test that I tried, and it's the last test that I'll be able to try for a while because I refunded, I returned the game, and they refunded it to me. And then I went to my Stadia account, and I fucking bought it for Stadia. Now, this is, uh, the obvious irritations of this are the irritate, the, hmm, the plethora, the plethora of reasons why this is irritating should be obvious. However, it does give Stadia a chance to shine. The the irritations obviously being that Stadia is running Linux. Theoretically. But, the cool thing about this is that and I'll be honest, it's very confusing, but I think that you don't need to be a Stadia Pro subscriber. That's the monthly paid thing. You don't even need a Stadia controller, I don't think, to set up Stadia. You do need um, a phone and um, a wired controller. Has to be wired. Um... I don't know if you need the Stadia controller to set any of this up or not and it's very confusing, but the bottom line is this. I closed out fucking uh, Steam and Proton, shut it down. I didn't even have to. I opened up a web browser, went to Stadia.com bought the game for 60 bucks, same price as I prepaid on uh, Proton uh, on uh, Steam in the, the, the Steam game client and then just used my generic Xbox One controller, or you can use your keyboard and mouse if you wish. Um, there are great benefits to this, especially for a game like this, because this game is pretty buggy. It looks like, just from reading the fact, and also I should mention that this morning when I gave the game another, I played about four hours of the game, something like that. I've live-streamed most of them. 
all of the performance is offloaded from your computer. It is streaming at fucking better than... It's glorious and it's beautiful. Fuck you, Bethesda, for not doing basic practices that allow um, Proton users to fucking be able to play the game without having to set up a Stadia membership. But even if you do have to set up a Stadia membership just to play Doom Eternal, it is totally worth it. It is super easy. And I think it's free. I think it is free. I think you pay the same 60 bucks that I pay. And I pay whatever the fucking Stadia membership is for Stadia Pro. There's nothing else on there, though, really. I mean, there's not many games. But guess what? I play on Stadia for Doom Eternal. Now, let's talk real fast in our remaining 15 minutes about what Doom Eternal is and what it is not. Doom Eternal is Bethesda's take. Meaning, like, Bethesda is like a cancer. I do not like Bethesda. Bethesda fucks with everything and they fuck up everything that they touch. Fundamentally. Now that that fundamental prejudice has been disclosed, at least in terms of me, your humble narrator, slash critical reviewer, slash guy who is about to introspect for you into uh, Doom Eternal... Let's talk about Doom Eternal. Let's talk about everything that's great about Doom Eternal first. Doom Eternal is a lot like the reboot of Doom, which was masterful, the Vulcan reboot of Doom, that I have extolled the virtues of, you know, on this show for the last, I guess, what, year and a half, two years, something like that. I don't know, maybe a year. Um, It is... Although, unlike the the um, reboot, this is, and this is going to sound so insane, because everyone who's played the original Doom and Doom 2 know uh, that the story of Doom is not really a great sweeping epic st- it could be storyboarded in three story, in like maybe five storyboards, the whole fucking thing, and that is both games as one. I'm talking about the original Doom and original Doom 2. One of the weirdest things, though, about Doom Eternal is that the story elements that were, you know, hinted at and made the game hold together and make it, like, so fucking awesome in terms of, like, they went above and beyond in terms of the reboot, those are pretty much absent in this one. This absence is made up for by Bethesda changing the entire way the game is structured. Now, if you've seen other people streaming this game and you've been unimpressed by what you've seen in terms of the geography, especially in comparison to the magnificent geography that both was available for Snap Map in Doom the Doom reboot as well as in the actual main campaign, do not be fooled. The environs that you inhabit and explore for the first two hours are post-apocalyptic Earth. They make almost no sense. Your mission objectives make no sense. But don't worry about any of that because it is hardcore bonerific fire up sticky pipe bomb into your head. Watch you explode as you blow apart 
five other fucking imps while I'm fighting six cacodemons and I'm ripping people's heads in half midair. I'm I'm not actually doing that. I'm uh that that was in the last well, you couldn't even do that midair last game. But um it is hardcore. They've shifted their focus though, primarily enforcing what is essentially and this is good, I think this is a good design, there's almost no bad super bad design decisions in the game that I've seen so far and like I said, I've played about four, a little over four hours of it what they want you to do is mix up tools and techniques because your suit as literally, and they call you the doom guy which is funny, you're the doom space marine, motherfuckers just because you get to fuck with my franchise, again, doesn't mean you get to fucking, anyway. Don't fuck with the Doom guy. I would love to send the Doom guy to Bethesda. For them. Let them meet him. Anyway, he is modeled fantastically. All the character models are great. The geography for the first several hours is really lame. It looks old. It looks dated. The character models, however, do not they sing, and on Stadia you know, I'm getting better than 60 fucking frames, per. I mean, it's amazing and it lets me play the game on my Linux box, and on any box, anywhere all I need to do is plug in a fucking controller and go to stadia.com and I'm, bam, I'm in the game in my browser this means no load times, almost no load times, uh, and I, I don't know, like it's fantastic this, and you know, I've said this about Stadia before, but blah. The two things for me at this point are interrelated because if you are like myself, I'm not, I'm never playing this on Windows. I'm never installing Windows to play this. And, uh, the convenience of Stadia, especially because I think it might be just totally free. You don't even need a controller. Uh, a Stadia controller, um, is a very appealing option, especially if, you know, blah other great thing is if you want to live stream your shit all of the processing of the graphics and everything that's all been offloaded to fucking Google Stadia's servers that are streaming it directly to you, the performance is 100%, I mean 100% 100% zero lag perfect performance, the game itself though, does have bugs one of which actually crashed the game inside of Stadia and it is the first game I've ever played to crash inside of Stadia now, what do I mean by if tries to force you instead of just being a blastum fest into using multiple tools and techniques almost like a uh, almost like a it's weird, it has an interesting design because you can upgrade your guns, you can upgrade your skills, you can uh, you can carry up to three runes one only at first, but you can unlock the other three slots you have to find the runes each time you find a rune, you can actually decide which rune it actually is, and then plug it into your kit, and then swap out runes dynamically whenever basically whenever the fuck you want so, and they range from shit like uh, if you're in the air, if you're jumping, and you press like the left trigger, you you go into slow motion mode until that rune is drained of power, and then it takes some time for it to recharge, ironically. Um, 
all the way from that to like you can now do your finishing moves, your glory kills, the ones where in the previous games where after you weaken an enemy and they begin to start glowing red, glowing orange or whatever as they're paralyzed because they're staggered, you can now activate like your special move that kills them in first person from way farther away to faster glory kills so the animation takes less time. Um all the way to very specific type of things. Now there's also an entirely separate set of weapon upgrades, which is very similar to the 2016... Uh, I can't remember if it was 2016. Do, oh, yeah, that was four years ago. I think it was 2016 when the Doom reboot came out. It introduced the idea of being able to slot into permanently um, each individual weapon upgrades that don't move serially, except for weapon mastery. So, for instance, my shotgun, there are two... Okay, wait. Before we get to that, on top of that, there are weapon mods that you can slot into your weapons, and these are also permanent. Um, I can't remember how you get weapon mod points, or the actual, like, thing that lets you unlock a whole new category of shit for your gun, but these range from, like, just in terms of the shotgun, um, the combat shotgun, and there's no reloading in the game. By the way, nothing is ever reloaded. It's it's fantastic to get back to the simple roots of the Doom play ethos, which it does very well, and but it, it, I don't know if this is like so much of an improvement. I think that some purists will be bothered by the insistence uh, from a development perspective that this game not be like the exact sequel to the reboot that I think I would have liked more. The story in this game is absolutely fucking nonsensical. To it borders on nonsensical to non-existent. Like, you have these mission objectives that I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that's what I was supposed to get out of that last cutscene because you guys never said any of that shit. But it doesn't matter. That's also kind of the charm. But anyway, going back to the the gameplay from a macro perspective. By the way, the graphics eventually become fantastic. And even from the very beginning, the character models, graphics, gore, and... uh the performance are spectacular. They introduce in this, this, this is getting towards the macro approach of redesigning the game that I'm trying to talk about that Bethesda seems to have taken. They want you to use the chainsaw like all the time. On ultraviolent, your actual base melee attack is not enough to kill even the weakest enemy. I don't know if it's different on easier difficulties but that's how it is. So the only way to kill anyone without using one of your weapons or one of your skills, all of which get basically unlocked, more or less, during the first, you know, two hours of the game. It takes a long time to really until you even get Blood Punch, which is crazy. Blood Punch is one of my favorite things so far in the game. I only have three guns in the game. I have the combat shotgun, I have the assault rifle, I have an upgrade for the assault rifle too that lets me uh, do like an Unreal Tournament style uh, aimed zoom. Other than that, none of the games can be aimed down the barrel. Um, and if I headshot you with that, it kills you instantly unless you're like a major demon, like, you know, a demon or, you know, uh, 
the Berserker Knights or whatever. But if I hit you in the head, you're going to die. Even the Revenants, like the Revenants now, like every enemy has a weakness. And many of them are tied directly to specific guns or specifically to di- specifically to specific modifications and upgrades of those guns. You can still defeat any enemy that you want however you want, but it makes it hard. Like, for instance, the Revenants, if you don't remember the Revenants, those are the guys who are skeletons in a jetpack with two rocket launchers on their shoulders. If you destroy just with one shot from the the rifle, um, you know, via zoom, uh, both of his shoulder rockets, he can't attack you from range anymore and will only attack on the ground, which is great because the whole game is about triaging of impossible odds. There is a sequence that took me about an hour when I was stoned. I mean, I died probably 40 times. Well, not 40, maybe like 20 times trying to complete this sequence where literally I'm, okay, I'm just counting them in my head now that I'm sober um, I want to say there were 20 imps, there were 5 cacodemons two arachnatrons, and they are hard in this game, the arachnatrons are very hard because they will jump on you they will get close to you they'll teleport close to you, those are the giant spider brain guys Uh, anyway plus assorted other zombie fucks and this all happens at once, oh with um, uh, soldiers, undead uh, soldiers, those are the guys who shoot at you probably about 8 of those guys all at once, that is a lot of enemies, and that was like in the first 2 hours of the game on ultraviolent the game is exceptionally challenging but it's really until you get to exultia that the game starts to look like geographically almost as pretty as the previous. Everything else, though, is really hyper-polished. All of the finishing moves, the glory kills, the chainsaw kills are great, but it's impossible to figure out where your chainsaw ammo is. You need fuel for the chainsaw ammo, and it's kind of irritating that I don't have a melee attack that I can use to kill anybody or even weaken them into the point where I can do a finishing glory kill on them. When you do glory kills, which you will do all the time, you have to use this broad combination of stuff. You also have a shoulder-mounted mounted grenade launcher and a shoulder-mounted flamethrower. The grenade launcher will just kill shit. And you have to wait for it to recharge after you use it. It only fires one grenade. And I don't think you can upgrade those, at least not yet, about, you know, five hours into the game. The flamethrower, however, has a very special thing. When you hit enemies with the flamethrower, then hit the enemies with, like, a normal weapon or even just your fist, um, they all drop armor shards. Normally when you and then you can glory kill them for more armor shards and health. Normally when you glory kill enemies, they now drop health, which is intense, it it is essential and makes the game because the game is overwhelming the odds are absolutely insanely overwhelming in this game this game basically start at least on ultraviolent, it basically on ultraviolent difficulty, which is the one above hard, it basically starts at I would say kind of like at the end of the reboot in terms of difficulty 
those swarms of enemies are over fucking whelming. Take every single skill, every single trick and tactic and strat that you can use to survive. Like, for reals. And just like the original Dooms, especially Doom 2, just when you think that you've killed everything, oh, you know you haven't killed everything because there is, that was the, that was the warm-up at best if they're coming at you in waves. And just to navigate the geography becomes a challenge. Um, you can't, I mean, you can run, but you get a weapon point for every save, like for every checkpoint area that you clear of all enemies, you murder everybody, you get a weapon point. And these can be used to upgrade the actual individual weapon mods that you have unlocked for each individual weapon. So killing everything becomes very important. Um, the weapon upgrade points can be used for instance there are two major mods for the combat shotgun one which I really like and the other one which I really wish I could use more so sorry so the one that I really like on the shotgun is a sticky pipe bomb on an underslung thing On you know it's a combat shotgun from the future I won't even bother with the story but anyway this this sticky bomb this sticky pipe bomb is really effective um, I'm not entirely sure how the ammo gets fed to it I know the ammo on the rifle for the sniper shot is six of six rounds of ordinary rifle ammo I'm not entirely sure if the sticky bombs recharge but anyway you can upgrade them with weapon points uh, such that your sticky bombs are about 40 are 45% bigger explosion radius which means you kill a lot more fucking shit when you stick one into someone's fucking head they're also essential for killing cacodemons in my humble opinion there are other ways you don't have to use the game's strats for killing anything that's big if you don't want to it is just Im- my early experiences, it's better if you just try. So, like, you can fire a pipe bomb into a cacodemon's mouth when... Those are the giant red balloon guys that look... I mean, I guess if you're, like, a younger person who doesn't, you know, who isn't old as dirt like me, they look like ghasts. They look like giant red ghasts from Minecraft. Um, but you can shoot a pipe bomb into their mouth, and they will choke on it, and then you can do your finishing move on them, but you have to get close. Furthermore, the other mod, which I also really like, but I can't ever really use because an ultraviolet ammo is pretty difficult to get, and you have like a very low maximum clip size, especially for the shotgun, which used to be my go-to, but I'm I'm being patient. It, this is like all for me. This is this all seems reflective of Bethesda's involvement in the development of the sequel. I mean, you know, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, we were so successful the first time. Now we're gonna really fuck with it, and I like it. I actually like it, in spite of my absolute hatred 
uh, of Bethesda. But anyway, so the other thing that you can do with your shotgun once you uh, buy the weapon mod is you could turn your shotgun into a full auto fucking shotgun. It eats ammo like you will not believe. Like literally it takes three, five seconds to go through all of your ammo, which kind of sucks because it's, I think it's bad. I wish I could use it more is the bottom line on ultraviolet. Violent. I, I totally should. If I, you know, if I'd had more time, um, I, I would, I would be able to more intelligently, uh, talk about the game on lower difficulty levels, but I can't. I can only talk about it on this. You will die a lot on ultraviolent, and it is really fucking hard. I mean, it is really fucking hard. And there's still two more, um, grades above ultraviolent. Now, before we wrap up, oh, the game is awesome. I, I, I'm, I'm McLoving it. And it looks like Casimiras, uh, who Casimiras and Vigilant Viking. I haven't heard from Vigilant Viking, but it looks like Kaz is really enjoying it as well. Um, don't be put off by the unimpressive environments that you know are in the first two hours of the game, and don't be put off until you get the Blood Punch in Exultia. Blood Punch is great. Here's what the Blood Punch does. I don't know where the meter for this is, but I do know how to recharge it, which is important. So if you click down on the right stick, that activates your just basic melee attack, not the chainsaw. The chainsaw will automatically kill any lesser demon or anyone who's weaker. Blah. Blood punch, however, is great. If you glory kill, you know, meaning you do your melee attack on someone who's staggered, and you you saw them in half, you cut them in half, like you have like some sort of weird blade that comes from nowhere sometimes, you just cut them in half. All of the ki- there's not as many kill animations for the glory kills as there were in the last game, but it's all functional. And the, the sheer variety of techniques that you can use to basically trigger glory kill-like moments, which is the best way to kill enemies, because you want to conserve ammo whenever possible. At least that's the only way I've made it as far as I've gone um so let's go back to the blood punch the blood punch upgrades your standard melee punch which on ultraviolent is not strong enough to kill even the weakest enemy or even stagger them which kind of sucks but then again if you think about it from a design perspective if you had infinite fucking infinite melee you know, stuff, which you do, but it doesn't do anything on ultraviolent. It doesn't really hurt them at all. Like, I've not been able to kill anything on ultraviolent with just my punch. Luckily, there's blood punch. After you've, like, done, like, two glory kills or whatever, the bigger the enemy that you've glory killed, the faster this meter fills, it seems. I don't know where it is, though. I just know it from, like, an empirical sense of killing a lot of things. I've killed over 666 demons, by the way, that's an achievement get in the game and that's how I know that I've, I've done it I did it this morning, very easy to kill, that's the other thing 4 hours, 666 demons, makes me sound like a pussy, I'm sure there are other people out there, anyway so, you charge up your blood punch, which just works like right stick, which is kind of a problem it's the same button that you use for your normal melee attack um, but 
when it's charged, instead of doing a melee attack, you do this thing that is like a shockwave punch made out of blood that kills anything within three meters in a conical fashion in front of you. You basically punch through everybody and they all die if they're lesser demons like imps or gargoyles or what have you or if they're weakened enough or soldiers if they're weakened enough or um, berserker knights if they're weakened enough. So you have to combine all so what so let's review what we just described. You have a primary weapon that's in your hand. It's it's fairly easy to switch primary weapons, but it's slower to switch between primary weapons, which is really cool. There is no pistol that I've found so far. Um then you have eventually a shoulder-mounted grenade launcher that's like a robot mech kind of thing. It's mounted onto your Doom Marine armor that fires a single grenade. It's very damaging. Eventually, you also get a shoulder-mounted flamethrower that allows you to convert enemy damage that you inflict into armor shards, which become very important. You also have the ability of staggering enemies, any enemy, um, with various techniques or with just sheer damage to the point where they can't really function, and then using your glory kill melee attack, which does not apply to the blood the the blood punch glory kills are separate from the blood punch even though they both use the same button so there's three attacks now attached to the same clicking down on the right stick but don't worry that's actually a good thing because it makes it easier but it does suck when you accidentally use your blood punch on someone just because you're panicking and you know that you need it in like two more seconds when all of the other enemies are going to be there then you have um your weapon upgrades and your weapon mods. So you, like, just let's just talk about the shotgun. You have the ability to fire a pipe bomb that is sticky, so it'll stick onto someone's head or onto the environment. It doesn't bounce. doesn't go around. It does have an arcing trajectory. It can be highly accurate at further distances. The enemies are very quick. Therefore, the splash damage from the pipe bomb is really good. You also have another weapon mod, and you can switch these on the fly in the actual action by pressing up on the D-pad to switch the mod that you have active for your weapon, but you can only have one weapon mod active at a time, and if you forget, it sucks. The other one, the other mod that you have for, there are three mods, and then there's, there's two mods, and there's mastery for each weapon. Um, kind of like somewhat similar to the 2016 reboot. Mm. The other one turns your shotgun into a fucking room clearing 16 rounds go in like three and a half seconds on ultraviolet. It's not the most efficient use of ammo. It's great against larger, slower enemies. They're the helpful hint tips in the loading screens and as you discover techniques and stuff in the game are actually very accurate. Um, that's the only... But I, I don't ever use that because it, it, it burns through all of your ammo for the shotgun. And then, the I, I've unlocked up to the plasma rifle. I've gotten the plasma rifle. You have to find every weapon in the game's environments in order to block. Now, the final thing that I want to say about... This is the only drawback about playing it on Google Stadia. I don't know if the same is applicable to playing it via Steam. 
But either way, this is fucking stupid and it really makes me angry. They require a Beth- you have to log in inside the game with a separate Bethesda.net account to play online. And this account is free, but it does mean another set of credentials that you have to remember. I didn't even think I had a Bethesda account, considering that after uh, you know months ago when I when I uninstalled uh, the last you know the Doom 2016, it destroyed all my snap maps and blanked all of my game progress. And I know this from playing over this past week with Blaster PR and uh, Vigilant Viking and or, and or Casimiras. I can't remember who I played with at this point, but all of that shit is gone. I hate a separate account. I've already logged in with my Stadia account, which remembers you based off of your IP in general. Um, so that's not a big problem. But then once you're in the game, you know, blah, it took me 45 fucking minutes to get a Bethesda account, and I haven't fucking finished the entire account process because even once you've verified your account, they want you, they want to suck you into this Bethesda universe where you have to I can't remember what they call it, but it's like you have to gold prestige your account or whatever by following all of their tutorials in, like, a fucking web browser for the account management, which is just fucking bullshit. But anyway, it all works. It all works. But it's just astonishingly stupid. And that's the only way you can play online, which I have yet to actually do but I have read accounts of other people who have not had problems with it. So that's our show for this week. Um, check out Doom Eternal at 60 bucks. Check out Nova Drift. Uh, thanks again to um, Bloody XDE, uh, Jeff, Master Jeffrey Nielsen for pushing out an update to Nova Drift in these trying times when, I mean, it's going to make a lot of people happy. Not just, you know, hardcore insane fans of the game like me who are all in lockdown and quarantine and stuff. Um, it's gonna make a lot of people happy, and that the fact that he did it right now is is pretty exceptional. Um, also, uh, many thanks to WWNSX for helping us out with uh, Borderlands Three. Um, be sure to check out the Steam Game Festival Spring Twenty Twenty for playable demos that are fucking free for the next two days. There is something for everyone between Nova Drift, Doom Eternal, on Stadia or otherwise, Borderlands 3, Monster Hunter World, um, and the 12 games that we have for our, our spring dev picks, and a lot of those are free to play for the next two days, after which you will not be able to play them at all, so avail yourself of that opportunity, seriously, all you have to do is go to that webpage, it's in the show blurb, and you just mouse over the images of the titles that they've picked to feature, and they're all they're basically all really good, all of them look interesting I focused, I tended to focus heavily on the side-scrolling platforms because I love them but there are, there's Haven which is a game that I can't even really describe. It's like a cel-shaded, romantic RPG, No Man's Sky, single-player, possibly multiplayer uh, co-op thing. I don't know. I just saw Bloody XTE live-streaming it on uh, 
on Twitch, I only saw the last 10 seconds. They're laying on this field. It's amazing. There's all sorts of good stuff. There's something for everyone. Be safe, be sane, be conscious of what you are doing and that what you do has an impact on everyone around you and on your community. I'm serious. On your community and on the country and on the fate of the world at large. Go give blood. Cheers. I will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy oh, four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.